episode 11 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal. I am Patsy the Angry Nerd. Joining me as always is my co-host and co-conspirator. That's right. I've got her fingerprints on a lot of candlesticks. She is Agent Nicole. Hello, everybody. And also with us as always, because he never leaves, Johnny Wolfenstein. I'm pretty much stuck here. Yeah. Can you guys like? Can I sneak out with you guys? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I've got I've got my wife's car. There's plenty of room for everybody. All right. Sorry, other shows. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad, suckers. Jeez, Dynamo left his chunky chunks. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Thank you, Dynamo, for your chunky chunks he kept, everywhere. He kept offering them to us, like okay, with I'm- his hands all over them. He's like, "Here, one chunky." I'm like, "No." Would you like a chunky with my fingerprint <laughs> smeared into it? I'm just sitting on his chair, and I'm like, the fuck? That's why he kept hugging Monster Zero. He was wiping his hands off. <laughs> <laughs> MZ, you may want to check your pants for uh, brown stains that hopefully are chocolate. You might have to do some shit CSI. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is episode 11, and today is the first of what I hope to be many, many installments of uh, listener appreciation. Uh, this week, we are discussing the uh, Elder God Cthulhu, uh, made popular by the Lovecraft story, of course. And uh, we're going to be getting into a little bit of history, a little bit of genealogy as well. Uh, there is quite a bit of uh, background and information on this story. So, And you can thank Nick for this, because he had suggested Cthulhu, and now we are going to drop a lot of knowledge about him. And it's weird because Nick left a lot of voicemails the last couple of weeks, but nothing for this week. What the hell? I would have expected to be inundated with voicemails, or at least one. But you know, I'm sure Nick's going to listen to this, and you know, I I, I do like getting uh, getting Nick's voicemails and his feedback. So is it because he just wanted to know? Maybe he he didn't. Maybe he's not super knowledgeable, but wanted to know more. Yeah, that maybe. I mean, I didn't know if he had any specific questions, but we're going to try and cover. Uh, you know, a decent amount of who this character is, what the origins are, you know, some maybe some pop culture references, and my favorite part, some references in the science world. Ooh. What am I talking about? Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Little uh little outer space stuff, a little inner space stuff. It's gonna be pretty uh, pretty interesting. And it'll be nap time. Nap time, you wish. So Nicole, uh, what have you been up to the last week? Working. Really, you didn't you didn't have any fun, exciting adventures? Maybe say last weekend in between recording shows. Not anything anything like that. I know what you're trying to do, but whatever happens at that party stays in that party. That's not entirely true. Yes, it is. It is not. Yes, it is. Nicole was not at Fight Club. Nicole was somewhere <laughs> else, and I won't get into too much detail because we actually have a, a, a some listener feedback and email from a good friend of mine um, she's my friend too well yeah i've known her a long time i and know her firstborn is my goddaughter okay geez so we're we're a tad closer Jeez, it's a competition <laughs> with you all the time it wasn't a competition i just said she was my good friend and you jumped in yelled at me and I don't shamed yell. me shame and chastised me and here I am just sitting here looking cute. I'm rocking my new facial hair thing that my wife hasn't seen yet. 
Yeah, this has been an interesting week for me. I, I finished helping my parents move to a new house, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife, Mrs. Ash, Ashes Von Nightmare, has been spending some time with uh, her mom and her sister, and I purposely waited until she was uh, already out in Winchenden with her family to take some stuff, some nice pieces of furniture from my parents' house because I knew that if uh, if I had asked her to take these, she would have said no, but I know that they're going to be, they're going to fit really well, and I actually told her about it yesterday, and oh. I sent her some pictures, and she thought it looked really good. You saw it today. You yeah, saw how I, I rearranged it. Um, it was a nice little entertainment center. That's slightly too small for my TV and slightly too big for my little extra monitor that I have in the man room. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you who've never seen my man room, I have three TVs, a computer, uh, and I, I use an HD monitor that I hook up to my uh, to my cable box, uh, especially for this coming Sunday, because. Uh, that's when football starts. Football! And I know not everybody's a huge fan of the NFL, or at least certain players, but we're not going to get into that. They covered that pretty well on Trick or Treat Radio. Um, we are, uh, what I like to do is I have a 32-inch flat screen that I put up, and I, uh, I play my video games on it. And on the other TV, I have NFL Red Zone. So I, I really like my man room uh, when I first... When we first started living together, my wife and I, you know, I, I said, we need to have a two-bedroom apartment because, you know, I need a man room. And she said, that's fine. I need a place to send you when I don't want to see you. And <laughs> so I that's said, like every day. Yeah. And I said, good. I need a place to uh, to go when I don't want to be seen. So it worked out well for everybody. Uh, yeah. I've got, you know, some nice old school video games in there. I actually, last night, because, again, helping my parents move, we uncovered about eight VCRs. So, Nick, you'll like this. While I was rearranging that room, I hooked up uh, an old VCR, and I dug out a couple of my VHS tapes, and I was watching Silence of the Lambs on VHS on my on my nice uh, Apex TV, because when I go out, I go all out on, on name brands. Apex, you know, I have a Ronex watch. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was my uh, my week. What about what about you? You you might notice that we don't have a, uh, we don't a have specific a guest. guest. Speaking, although Johnny is always welcome, <laughs> you know. Kind of well, as you guys said, I'm always here, so I can't really be a guest. Oh, I know, but you can always you know chime in on anything. Like you know, I you and I both uh, actually saw the same concert this past week mm-hmm. or so. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in this moment, well, I Rob saw Zombie half of informed. the concert. <laughs> yeah, but you saw, you saw the part that mattered. You saw Rob Zombie. Right, right. Now, let me ask you, um, did John 5 play the national anthem with his teeth the way he did at my show? Well, he played it with his teeth. I don't know if he played it the exact same way he did at your show. It's probably very similar, uh, which is to say very skillfully. And it was uh, it was a phenomenal show. Rob Zombie, as always, this is the second time I've seen him, and he was beyond awesome. Um, I'm, I'm going to show my age here, but I haven't seen him since I saw him with White Zombie. Ooh. Well, the last time I saw him, my wife had just turned 25, and she's now going to be 31. So we saw him with Alice Cooper oh, and that. the Murder Dolls on Rock and Shock Weekend, two 
2010. Wow. Yeah, it was a good time. It was actually like right on her birthday. With her Ashtoberfest? Ashtoberfest, yes. That's what she refers to the week of her of her birthday. And Rock and Shock ends right after her. No, right before her birthday, right? Yep, it's Rock and Shock weekend, and then that Monday is her birthday. And speaking of Rock and Shock, we're going to be there, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. We're going to be walking around. Uh, I know if uh, folks listen to the the network, uh, Miss Stephanie Wiley of the Elm Street Kids Movie Club has been saying that she is going to be uh, handing out free hugs. I actually will be selling premium hugs uh, for a dollar each. So, you know, if you want a really good hug, you know, you're gonna have to pay a little for it. You know, like the Joker says, if you're good at something, I hope never she do takes it for you free. Out, like just well, no, I'm. You or something. I don't. I don't. I don't think that would happen. I think it would. No, that would be mean. Are you gonna do any cosplay that weekend? Oh, uh, we do have a very oh, special yeah. thing that we are doing. Uh, you, me, Ashes, and we're trying to convince one other person to be in our group costume, but we're not going to say anything about it because it will be unveiled at the Cove on October 15th for the Deadites uh, show. I'm excited. I'm very excited for that. Um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the Deadites up on stage again. Um, I know, unfortunately, Wolfie won't be there, but we will see uh, Round Trip Jones, I'm, I'm quite sure. No, I'll be there. I'll be in the crowd. Oh, you will be in the crowd? Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Well, I was We I have was to concerned. let him out of his cage sometimes. Well, see, I didn't know, you know, if you know, he was going to use this to t- kind of like flee to Mexico somewhere and so that we can't find him so he doesn't have to be trapped in the studio all the time. But, yeah, we will be there Rock and Shock Weekend. We'll be there Friday, Saturday. We'll be there Sunday, you know. Come see us. Come say hi. If we see you, we'll say hi. Even if we don't know you, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just going to walk up to people and start talking to them randomly. You know, and uh, I may I may wear my shark suit and try to convert people to the church of shark exploitation. Oh, jeez. So you're going to be a shark which day? Saturday? No. If I wear the shark costume, I'm probably going to do that on Friday. Friday. You know, Friday is kind of like the get in, set up, get ready for everything mm-hmm. day. Saturday's the big day, so whatever I do Saturday, I actually have something planned, but again, I'm not going to say what it is. But uh, Is it the co- our costume? or No, is that's it Saturday night. This is something different for Saturday during the day. Ooh. Although, I don't know. I might, I might just do that all day, because it's pretty awesome. I think it's, one of the days I'll be Wednesday Adams, and then... You'll be Wednesday on Friday? Yeah, I'll be Wednesday on Friday. I'll do that. So you got anything else that's been going on? Any uh, exciting things? Any? Uh, I don't want to get into the Agent Nicole files quite yet. But, no. You know, anything um, exciting that you've been doing? So the last time we recorded, I mentioned Justice League Dark, and I was whining how it wasn't going to have a live-action film. Now it's going to have a live-action film. See, somebody listened to the show, and somebody heard, and now they're My life is happy. That's the only thing I'm... Re- well, besides Wonder Woman... I'm excited for the Justice League Dark. Now, have you seen the uh, Wonder Woman meme that's been going around? No. Where, you know, it takes basically clips from the trailer where she's like, what's a secretary? Who are you? What's a man? And it's just like they put wonder in quotations. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. Reminds me of the episode of Punky Brewster where she's at the talent show with her dog Brandon. 
and she called him Brandon the Wonder Dog. And she kept trying to get him to jump through a hoop, and he wouldn't do it. And she's like, yeah, the reason we call him Brandon the Wonder Dog is because you wonder if he's ever going to do anything. I wasn't alive when that show was aired. Yeah, but there are, there are these things. Uh, m- motion pictures. Uh, they oh, is contain that what they're these called? On what are known as digital video discs. Gotcha. And uh, they are widely available. Really? Through many different means. <laughs> okay. So as you can tell, uh, you know, we don't have a specific dedicated guest today because what we wanted to do is make this all about you, the listener, which is why we've been telling you these amazing, insightful stories uh, about thrilling exploits that we have uh, taken part in over the last couple of weeks. Um, but I think what we're going to do, I think we're going to just, you know, we're going to really delve into uh, this character because I, I feel like there's a lot to get into and there's a lot to cover. And again, we're not going to be covering everything. We're just going to give you a brief overview because the character's been around for about 90 years at this point, if you take into account when Lovecraft actually started writing about it and creating it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what we'll do, uh, the plan, if, you, if you're okay with it, we'll, we'll take a little bit of a break. You know, we'll gather our thoughts. And now. then we'll, we'll come back and uh, we'll start talking about Cthulhu. And uh, hopefully... You know, our our one listener that suggested this, Nick. Nick, I hope you enjoy uh, how we talk about this, and you uh, you learn quite a bit. And anybody else who's curious about the character, we hope you uh, you learn some stuff. Right. So, uh, with that time. said, yeah, uh, Wolfie, you want to go ahead and take us to break, please? Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci. Deuce bad hags. This October, the Deadites return to the stage on which they made their name, in the room they made dangerous. October 15th, it's trip-hop goddess Mary Catman, the nerdcore sounds of Agents of Chaos, and the evil grooves of rhetoric. And then, it's the dead, it's the rad, it's the funky, it's the Deadites. October 15th, Rock and Shock Weekend, it's the best night of the best weekend of the year at the Cove Music Hall in beautiful Worcester, Massachusetts. It's the return of the Deadites Halloween Extravaganza, hosted by the voice of Talk Without Rhythm, El Goro.
And we're back. I hope you didn't miss us too, too much. But we're here. Don't worry. We'll cradle you to our collective bosom and hold you (laughs) and keep you safe from the monsters. Speaking of monsters, we are discussing Cthulhu today. Perhaps the greatest and grandest of all monsters. Um, Nicole. Yes. Agent Nicole. Yes. Agent Dr. Nicole. Yes. What was your first experience with Cthulhu? Was this the research that we've done exhaustively over the last hour and a half? (laughs) Was that your first exposure to Cthulhu? No, actually, I've heard it um, when I was in high school about 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. Um, It's been mentioned a few times. And then... uh, you and Ashes were playing a virtual pet game called Cthulhu. Yep, Cthulhu Virtual Pet. That, yes. Uh, I, I pimped it's like on, uh, Tamagotchi. Yep, we talked about that on the episode of Unchained I was on recently. I forget which one it was. I don't know. Uh, it was a recent one, and uh, I, I kind of commandeered the video game thing. Oh, yes, I remembered. Yep, I remember. kind of share. Yeah, so that, and then I started playing that, and I... Th- didn't finish playing it it's i didn't either i got a new phone and when i transferred the uh the thing over it mm-hmm. made me start all over at the beginning oh, and i was like you know what i don't i don't have time for this so i uh mine's I in gave a up deep sleep i f- keep forgetting to play it because i'm too busy playing pokemon go <laughs> Ooh, cthulhu go that would be <laughs> interesting be you one. have to go around and collect all the ancient old ones yeah, that'd well, be a good one. Well, the problem is every time you, you, you look at one of these things, you go insane. So I guess if you go insane, you, I don't know, do you win or you lose? I'm not sure what the... I'm already insane, so... Yeah. They'll just add to it. Well, do you want to start off and give us a little bit of uh, background of this character? Or sure. do you want me to start off and give some stuff? Um. Well, I was going to talk about like how it started... Yeah, published and stuff. Why don't you do that? So in February 1928, author H.P. Lovecraft introduced a short story for Weird Tales, an American pulp magazine called The Call of Cthulhu. Um, the short story wasn't wasn't going to be featured, but uh, the the author, uh, the editor of the Weird Tales, Fonswith Wright, was convinced by a friend of Lovecraft that, you know, he was going to take the story elsewhere if he didn't publish it in Weird Tales. Um, many critics bl- have said that the story is a masterpiece. Um, French novelist, I'm going to butcher his name, Michel Hollerback. I think that's how it was said on Google Translate. I'm not sure he's a Hollerback girl. No, but Google Translate said that. So um, described it um, described the story as one of Lovecraft's greatest texts. And unfortunately, Lovecraft wasn't very keen on the story. He stated that it was rather middling, not as bad as worse, but full of cheap and clumberless touches. So despite his disapproval of the story, it's one of his masterpieces. Yeah, you'll see that a lot, though, with with uh, really excellent writers who have come up with uh, stories like you know, for example, Stephen King's wife had to take Carrie out of the trash mm-hmm. because Stephen King thought it was garbage. Yeah. So that gives you a, you know... Same with Ernest Hemingway. <clears throat> he really hated a lot of his stories, and the, his a lot of his stories are fantastic, so... Exactly. 
you know, it's just that these guys were so good at what they did that they're their they're their own worst enemies when it yeah, comes. Yeah, but to I mean work. that's I think that's how it is with anyone. I mean, like you've been doing a great job on this show, but <laughs> you know, you feel like you know sometimes you could do better. And that's, you know, everybody can do better, but, you know, mm-hmm. you need to remember you're doing an awesome job and everyone that, you know, we've talked to has said the same thing. So, see, you and you and Lovecraft have something in common. <laughs> so, how about you? When were you introduced to Lovecraft and the story of Cthulhu? Well, I've known about Lovecraft for a while, um, but I never really, you know, got into the story because I, I just, I had a hard time reading it the same way I had a hard time reading, like, The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Like, it took me six or seven months to get through The Hobbit because of just the, the style of writing. Yeah. I was never a big fantasy uh, sci-fi. Um, like, I enjoyed movies, but when it came to, like, reading the stuff... Yeah, Sometimes the way it was, you know, the way it's written, it's it's tough. Especially stuff that was written, you know... Before our time. 60, 70 years yeah. before I'm reading it. But... Um, I think one of the th- biggest things is I, I thought Lovecraft looked a lot like a, a friend of mine in high school. His name was Mike. Looked a lot like uh, they had a very similar facial structure, and I think that was one I of my. I take a look at Lovecraft. I haven't. I never looked at his picture. Um, I also i I knew about who the character was. I think my favorite iteration of the the Cthulhu character is probably the uh, three part story uh, or three three-episode story uh, story arc in season 14 of South Park, where it's... What are you laughing at? He looks like Michael Phelps. Yeah. He does. He looks a lot like Michael Phelps. I didn't... Yeah. I, like, looked and I was like... Wolfie got threw the- up a uh, picture of uh, comparing Phelps and... Uh, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Howard That's Phillips really Lovecraft. And see that. Yeah, I was like, looked, and I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, they have looks- a very similar look. They oh, really shit. Do. I thought his name was Hewlett Packard. Yeah. That's a common misconception. <laughs> <laughs> he, he invented the laser printer. Um, no, he... Uh, the, the the story arc is on uh, it's season 14, episodes 11, 12, and 13 of South Park. It's the uh, Coon and Friends. And if you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu, and it's beyond hilarious. Get some Cthulhu uh, on Hulu. Yes. I, I had said that there should be a streaming service for horror fans called Cthulhu Prime. I thought you said Cthulhu Lip, uh, Loop. Oh. No, that's for something else. Oh, okay. Um, but no, uh, what... Uh, what the story entails is it's uh, it's kind of a parody of the the BP, BP oil drilling crisis that went on a few years ago, and they try to drill, but they drill so deep that they unleash all the elder gods and Cthulhu himself, <laughs> and Cartman is able to convince Cthulhu to join his team, and he's Coon and friend, and he makes it makes Cthulhu a giant T shirt that he wears while he's destroying Whole Foods and Burning Man and. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start watching South Park. <laughs> it's it's really funny, and it gets to the point where <clears throat> you know there are, there are others like they kind of get into the, a little bit of the background of the cult of Cthulhu. Yeah, because a lot of people will say, "Oh, you know, well that's just a mythical character, and that's you know made up and imaginary. It's just some guy writing it." But you know, you could say the exact same thing for oh, I don't know, 
the Church of Scientology, yeah. which was created by a, a, a science fiction author. So, but what else you got? What else you got on uh, some background and some? Uh, what does this guy look like for people who have never seen him? So what does he look like? He's a mashup of a giant octopus, a man, and a dragon. And how are these things? Is this like a man bear pig, or how are these things? Uh, All right. So H- half man, half bear, half pig. <laughs> So H.P. Lovecraft describes a statue of Cthulhu as a monster um, with an anthropod outline, but with an octopus-like head whose face was with a mass of feelers. This is from all <laughs> the internet. I'm not making this up. No, this is this is how d- it's described in the okay. story, I believe. I just wanted to make sure. <clears throat> a, um, a s- I can't remember. Scaly, rubbery-looking body with Claws on hinges and forefeet and long, narrow wings behind. Yes. Uh, he's typically depicted as this massive, massive, monstrous creature. As most of the uh, creatures in the Cthulhu mythos are you know, supposed to be massive. Um, I went through and I was looking up some of the stuff because there are... When you go through the, the Cthulhu mythos, and this isn't just something that was created by... By Lovecraft, it's because he was so uh, influential, and that the sto- this story just you know, and uh, in conjunction with uh, like the Dunwich Horror mm-hmm. um, and a couple others, where you know characters kind of allude to to Cthulhu or know that you know about his origin, and it kind of spawned this whole huge um, cult following, you know, for lack of a, a better phrase. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other people have picked up, you know, where he left off and, you know, created this whole universe. I mean, there are role-playing games. Uh, so I went and I looked up some of the, you know, some of the Cthulhu mythos and some of the other characters that surround him. And apparently he had a wife. Now, you think you had a tough time with your French name? <laughs> yeah. These, these... Uh, oh. I know, you were practicing right. earlier, and I, I was, was... I was trying not to laugh. Nicole came over, and I was trying to practice some of these names, and I... There were... Are, these words are very odd, and they lack regular vowels, and there's a lot of, like, apostrophes thrown in. So I'm going to do my best uh, and give you a little description of Cthulhu's... Uh, his little family. He's got a little family unit. I'm sure you'll do better than Raven Shadow trying to say Pokemon names. So. Well, yeah, that's that just goes without <laughs> saying. But this is like if Raven Shadow were trying to say Pokemon names, but with a mouthful of chunky peanut butter. So he has a half sister named Cathagia. That's spelled T H A E G H Y A. He also had a wife. Uh, her name was Idya. She is a pale, worm-like horror dwelling beneath the crust of the star Exoth. He was his first bride and spawned three sons and daughters. Uh, one daughter, I'm sorry. His sons are named Gatanathoa, which means, uh, or his title is the Lord of the Volcano Thoa. He has multifarious appendages and can turn whoever looks upon him to stone. I'm guessing that multifarious appendages means... You know, based on some of the uh, the artwork I've seen of some of these creatures, uh, like each one has a different like ending. Like uh, 
you know, one might be a hook, one might be claws, one might be like a grasping tentacle, one might have, you know, fingers or something like that. So that's what uh, I'm guessing multifarious refers to. Uh, he also has uh, a son named Yethgatha, uh, known as the Thing in the Pits. He is a colossal deep one, which is a, a version of uh, the Elder Gods. That's uh, one of the different... There's different castes, so to speak. You know, there's like the deep ones, the great old ones. Uh, I think there's a sky one. I don't know. Uh, but he has... Uh, He's just this massive, disgusting-looking, blob-looking guy with tentacles surrounding its one cyclopean eye. Uh, then there is Zoth Amog, which is the dweller in the depths. Now, he is cone-shaped with a reptilian head, a beard of tentacles, and starfish-like arms. So as you can tell, these kids, other than having, like, the tentacles, uh, they don't really take much away from either of their parents. Then his his daughter, Cthylla, C-T-H-Y-L-L-A, is this huge, six-winged, huge-winged, six-eyed octopus-like monster. And she is the youngest. She's the baby. So, you know, of course, she was spoiled. She had all the My Little Pony stuff. (laughs) You know, she got everything she wanted because she was Daddy's little princess. And a pink Escalade in the driveway. Yep, for her super sweet 16. But that's not what she wanted. She wanted a Lincoln Navigator, and she threw a fit that destroyed the Sumerian civilization. <laughs> I don't know if that actually happened. I'm just making that up. Uh, what else you got there, uh, Agent oh, I Nicole? I have a question. Is that stuff that Lovecraft created, or is this what fans This of- is some of the stuff that other people created. Uh-huh. Like, he... Lovecraft, uh, his style was uh, very similar to um, Spielberg in a way where he doesn't want to show you the monster. Mm-hmm. wants you to guess. Because whatever you're imagining, you're imagining your own fear. If you describe something to someone and it's something that you're afraid of, but it's something that they aren't, well, then they're not going to find it terrifying. Mm-hmm. But if he says, you know, like there's an ending of one of his stories and I cannot for the life of me remember what it is, but... Uh, it takes place in Antarctica, and these two guys are escaping. And one of the guys looks out the 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 helicopter or plane door and sees this creature, this massive, like almost like a mountain of this living being. And just to look at it drives him insane mm-hmm. because it's so incomprehensibly terrifying. And, you know, the guy flying the plane, telling the story, wants to look, wants to look so bad. What is this thing? Mm -hmm. What is this creature that is so terrifying that it drives a man insane just from looking at it? Yeah. But at the same time, he does not want to be driven insane. He wants Mm -hmm. to escape with his life. So Mm -hmm. his his fight or flight uh, response uh, overwhelmed his curiosity and, you know, his common sense helped with that. But... That's what Lovecraft did, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, a lot of this stuff, like I said, is, is fans coming up with... Their own theories, Yeah, their own more different characters. Uh, like, he might, you know, Lovecraft might speak about these things in a vague, roundabout way. Mm-hmm. It's, 
fans and the people who created the games and the video games and you Just know the extra more stories to the story yeah. right it's kind of like how the uh, star wars expanded universe gotcha you know uh went along you know like people who wanted to know what happened to luke and leia and han after after the events of return of the jedi yeah. or before you know and like the whole history mm-hmm. so <clears throat> that's what happened with this there are Dozens and dozens and dozens of different characters, all like horrible grotesqueries that are just these massive, uh, terrifying things. Uh, to tie in a little bit of uh, what we talk, what, what we're talking about with uh, a recent episode of the Elm Street Kids, uh, they discussed the Mist, which mm-hmm. was heavily, heavily influenced by Lovecraft, um, both the book and the the film. You yeah. know, where you have these horrible, like monstrous creations of of you know some you know savage and depraved god that's they're suddenly loosed upon the the unsuspecting people of earth gotcha so i'm going to talk about the inspiration of cthulhu and then possibly we talk about the story itself how does that sound yeah that's fine all right so uh there's a scholar a love craft scholar named of Robert M. Price, he believed a major inspiration to the story was from Alfred, Tenney, Alfred Tennyson's Kraken, which was written in 1830. Both reference a huge uh, entity sleeping at the bottom of the sea. Um, S.T. Joshi and David Short, er, Schultz believed that Lovecraft gained inspiration from now I'm going to really butcher some names. Guy D. Massant the holler, uh, he writ- he had written a story called The Hall Horler in eighteen eighty seven. Spell that? H O R L A Holler. Horler? Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, um, it's not a normal word that you would come across. Yeah. Um Arthur Matchin's the novel of the Black Seal in nineteen eighty uh eighteen ninety five. William Scott Elliott's story of the story of Atlantis in nineteen uh, eighteen ninety six and A. Merritt's novella The Moon Pool in nineteen eighteen, and the earthquake that's in the story was based on an earthquake that happened in Canada, which was the most powered measured earthquake in the twentieth century in nineteen twenty five. Oh gosh, uh, Charlie. X- Kamoroski, that's the name. <laughs> I, I am so bad at names. So. Hey, we should have looked into the uh, etymology of, of of the places and names. Oh, here. I know. Well, I Google Translate and then I write it out to say, it and then I did not do it for this long one. So I'm sorry for. I really, I really think that half of these names that you know uh, Lovecraft came up with. He found when he like spilled a bowl of alphabet soup on the floor, and it was like, "Oh, well, this is the name of a character. This is the name of a character. Let's throw some apostrophes here." Yeah. You know, either that or like somebody knocked over his alphabet blocks when he was a kid, and he just you know remembered all how all the uh, words went together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can I can definitely see the inspiration from all these different characters. Mm-hmm. You know, also the you know, I don't know how religious. Uh, Lovecraft was, but the biblical story of the Leviathan, mm-hmm. you know, this giant unnamed horror. Maybe he was just fascinated by, you know, sea monsters because at that time, you know, it wasn't, uh, <clears throat> you know, as common, but, you know, people still did report 
seeing you know strange creatures and people thinking that you know mermaids existed and that's when they start discovering stuff like you know the coelacanth uh that was supposed to be extinct for you know 300 million years until a japanese fisherman pulled one into his boat um you know and that was i think that was the early early 1900s 1908 1906 something like that mm-hmm. um you know and just thinking of like what could be what could be lurking in the unknown depths of the ocean because you know a lot of the land had been explored there wasn't a whole lot of uh interest in space exploration at the time so it was really you know you know looking in the ocean and seeing like you know an alaskan king crab or a spider crab like these giant like strange creatures mm-hmm. you know even a lobster is weird looking if you think about it it's a, an ocean bug they're so weird looking they're so weird looking but they're delicious Ugh. all right so with the plot summary there's a narrator of the story francis whalen thrust thruston thurston thurston i don't know he recounts notes from his great uncle grand uncle george who is a professor at brown and um do you want to fill in the rest of the story yeah he's a professor at, uh he was a professor at brown now Lovecraft, uh, for those of you who don't know, Lovecraft uh, lived in Rhode Island, which is, you know, pretty much a stone's throw from where we are now, Mm -hmm. about an hour drive, uh, depending on where you want to go, I guess. Um, And he had found all these different, um, all these different notes and like this little statue. And he was trying to get to the bottom of it because there were all these different correspondence and letters. Obviously, I'm not going to go into a lot of spoilers and stuff about this because it is a very interesting story. But he found that there were a lot of people around the world who believed in and worshipped this creature. And, you know, even to the point where he started, you know, he ends up starting to doubt his own sanity mm-hmm. because there were, you know, there's so much going on between his research and, like, the way people are kind of, like, uh, avoiding his questions and, you know, not really giving him complete answers, which just drives his curiosity more. And he finds that there are different chapters of this cult all over the place, including in Louisiana. So it's very interesting. I definitely recommend checking out the story. Uh, and there's also the first ever illustration of the character uh, that Lovecraft himself drew. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets into a lot of detail with it. But there's still a lot that you have to uh, kind of take into your own imagination and fill in the blanks yourself. And that's why we have such a, a rich Cthulhu mythos, because that's what people have done. They've just gone in and, you know, like, this is what I want. This is, what I'm gonna in- this is how I'm going to interpret this. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people have, you know, interpreted the character differently. But one thing that everybody can agree on is that he is this giant dead or undying creature that lives in this city, the city of Ralia, which fell from the stars, but exists at the bottom of the ocean mm-hmm. in almost like a, in, in an alternate dimension, similar to uh, the upside down from stranger things, a same type of, uh, you know, alternate uh, reality. And, he is this he is the leader of you know these massive uh creatures that are found everywhere like there are some supposedly buried in you know like Borneo or Sumatra some of these like more uh exotic locations that were starting to be explored back in in you know the early 1900s 
and the the mythos and the the history of this is so rich and there's I looked up the uh the origin of the word and from what I can understand uh the origin probably comes from the Greek word katonic. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, uh which means subterranean. And of course, you know, Lovecraft created his own, you know, language and his own uh similar to but not to the same extent of um Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Um and there are you know, there are literally people from you know, all over the world who worship Cthulhu and, you know, take it as a religion. Which, you know, when you say there's a cult following, that's literally what it is. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I don't know I didn't get into too much detail about like the, the cult following or anything, but it's very, very, uh, it's very interesting. I like the fact that you know Cthulhu is supposed to be like this. He's one of the few creatures uh, of Lovecraft that actually gets um, a real description and multiple, uh, multiple depictions. Like if you were to Google, uh, you know, Cthulhu on Google Images, yeah. Basically, what you'll see, uh, like one of the most universal. Um, Universally accepted depictions of Cthulhu is this massive, massive creature just wreaking destruction. Yeah. A lot of times you'll see him rising up out of the ocean. Um, there's a saying, and I'm gonna, I'm definitely not going to say this right, but uh, and I forget where this is from. Uh, I think it's from the the Necronomicon that uh, that Lovecraft wrote, and it's. If, <sighs> I'm not even going to pronounce the words. I'm just going to say, let's translate it. In his house at Ralia, dead Cthulhu waits dreaming. So, taking that as, uh, like, what does that actually mean? Well, yeah. it means that, you know, while it might be dead in a, in a, uh, in our understanding of the words, it's really not. It's just waiting for its time of rebirth, waiting for its uh, reawakening. And that's what the cult of Cthulhu is trying to accomplish, is to you know, resurrect and contact and raise this creature up, which is supposed to you know, result in a thousand years of darkness. Yeah. But this, you know, this creature is supposedly so old and so ancient that there's a, another line that says, and in strange eons, even death may die. So like this, they're saying that this is an eternal creature, that it will be around even after death has died. Yes. And it's, it's a, a very rich history, a very rich mythology, and I, I would recommend that if you're interested in this, you know, start off with, you know, the Lovecraft story. Do that first. Yeah. <laughs> Give and, you a little bit of an idea. And it's on, if you use Amazon, it's 99 cents for the HP Lovecraft collection. So, and it's only 32 pages from what I've seen. So it's not a, lot, it's not a heavy read, but it's very rich with, the grammar is very, the, very hard to get through and, it's it's a great read. So if 
you wanted to read it, it's 99 cents off of Amazon. And that'll also give you the other um, Lovecraft stuff uh, yeah. along with it. So, you know, you can read the Dunwich Horror where Cthulhu is mentioned. You can read some of the other stories where you kind of, um, you know, get a little bit more background. And so you can see kind of the evolution of how the character starts from, you know, this little sketch, this little, uh, you know, uh, small idea that Lovecraft had and how it blossomed into this worldwide phenomenon. And it's it's so... Like, I feel like we haven't given enough information on this character, but like, there's, it's... It's hard to know where to start, where to end, where to it's go to. It's hard to dissect because there's so many layers. Yeah, even really, even just doing the research was really. It, it's hard to kind of parse through what you know, what person came up with what uh, aspect of the Cthulhu mythos. Mm-hmm. Like obviously Cthulhu and a couple other characters. Those are those are Lovecraft. Like that's he came up with that. That's his. That's his own thing. <clears throat> but. After you start getting into all these other ones, you know, like the Mego and you know the 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 other crazy stories, like Nyalarhothep, and it's uh, some of the stuff is is tough to read because it's really really hard to pronounce. Yeah. Um. But it's it's uh, it's. A lot, and you know, Nick. I apologize if we haven't given you as much information as you would have liked, but yeah. um, I do have a couple more things. Um, as do I. Yeah, you've got the pop culture stuff. Yeah. and I've got the science stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do my science stuff first. Yeah, do science. Um, there is. I need a nap. Yeah, <laughs> there is a species of spider in California named after Cthulhu. It's called the Pimoa Cthulhu. Um, <clears throat> now, I haven't. Uh, I haven't ever seen one of these because, well, I, I've never been to California. But <clears throat> these these spiders are um, terrifying, uh, even more than regular spiders because they're just so weird looking. What do they look like? Uh, well, they look like nightmares. Nope. Yep. Nope. They look like nightmares. Fuck no. And so... Uh, if you were to uh, look this up yourself, you were um, you you would if you are not a fan of spiders, you are are going <laughs> to not enjoy this. No. Uh, yeah. No. 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 Yeah. See. I mean, no, I don't no. mind spiders. Wolf, Wolfie's got it up on the no on the big monitor here. Yeah. Don't if you don't like spiders, don't look this up. But yeah, they look just absolutely terrifying and. I don't like spiders in the first place. I don't like the way they move. I don't like the way they walk and look. Yeah. So that's one. Um, there are also a couple of microorganisms that you will find in the digestive system of uh, termites that aid in the uh, the digestion of wood that are named after uh, both Cthulhu and his daughter Cthulhu. One is a uh, macroorganism. The other is a microorganism. Organism. So the uh, uh, see the macro is the larger one, and that is named after Cthulhu. And then there is a dark region along the equator of Pluto 
which used to be called the Whale because of the way it was shaped, but it was renamed a few years ago and is now called the Cthulhu Regio. So uh, that's what I have. Um, What have you got? Should we do the pop culture or should we do the voicemail that we have for Um, Cthulhu? Well, why don't we do the pop culture part Uh and then we can get to uh, the voicemail that was sent in because it has... uh, Another pop culture reference okay. to Cthulhu. So, um, so Fulfi, if you want to get that ready while she's so talking. pop culture, it's a huge thing for everybody. <clears throat> and so, there's been several films, uh, television shows. Uh, in twenty two thousand and five, The Call of Cthulhu was made into a silent film adaptation, directed by Andrew Lehman, uh, and a lot of the Call of Cthulhu is. From what I read, it was funded by um, an H.P. Lovecraft like film society. It's a huge society for any H.P. Lovecraft fans. Um, there's been some inspiration from the 1985 film The Reanimator. Uh, 2011's The Whisper in Darkness has Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft and Cthulhu references in it. Uh, the television show Supernatural season six, episode twenty-one, features Lovecraft, the individual, and they go into uh, this whole ordeal towards the finale into season seven, where they talk about the old ones, which is also named Cthulhu. And there's a podcast called The Thrilling Adventure Hour, and their episode one fifty-three. Uh, is called the call uh, when Cthulhu Cathals, and Park and Recreations actor Jim O'Hare voices the old one or the call of Cthulhu. So there's a lot of Cthulhu out in pop culture, film, television, podcasts, games. Obviously, the <clears throat> Cthulhu virtual pet game. So yeah, the, and I've seen. You know, we actually have a. Uh Something we picked up at Rock and Track a few years ago. It's a little, uh, little like yarn creation mm-hmm. that some people made called cute Thulus. <laughs> and of course, I got a pink one for my wife. Aww. So yes. Um. So uh, Wolfie, if you want to go ahead and do you mind if I just bring up a couple more? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Pop culture. There is uh, Ghostbusters: The Collect Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, which was, uh, I believe it was an episode of the cartoon, The Real Ghostbusters. I remember that. Yep, The Call of Cthulhu. And also Metallica has a song called The Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, there's a lot of people that reference Cthulhu in their songs. I didn't see anyone I really... Yeah, there, there's a lot. So, I mean, and that's just two off the top of my head. There, You guys could probably do an entire show on the references. <laughs> yeah, without even explaining them, just talking about them. Just like naming each one. But uh, we did get a nice email from our uh, or a voicemail from our, our good buddies over at Punch Farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a question regarding um, one of the uh, pop culture items. Okay. Well, here it is. Hello, friends. This is Mark Sheets from Punch Farm. And I'm here with Alicia. Hello. Now, Patrick, I want to clear something up right away. We do not like you any better than Agent Nicole. We love you both equally. Aww. That is bullshit, Nicole. We like you the best. 
Okay. <laughs> now, so with that up. out of the way, just want to take a quick minute to say, guys, we really enjoy your show. Uh, it's funny. I'm always learning something new. Uh, keep up the excellent, excellent work. And this week, you're going to be talking about Cthulhu. So I was curious if you've ever seen the little indie horror comedy called The Last Lovecraft, Relic of Cthulhu. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I think you will enjoy it. Anyway, everybody, take care. Thank you, Mark. Thank and you, Mark and Lish. Yes, for the lovely <clears throat> voicemail. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying the show. I'm going to be uh, back on their show. We're going to be doing another super fight. <gasps> super fights! Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. Because <clears throat> I, really, I really dig their super fights. I think that's one of my favorite portions of the show. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I just bought super fights cause by listening to their show. So I will send them a voicemail on how I enjoy or don't enjoy the sh- the super fights, but I think I will enjoy it. But as far as the question goes, um, I've never seen that film. I actually hadn't heard of it, but I have not now either. it's something I need to check out, I feel. Yeah. So I think uh, right now is a good time to kind of uh, bring this, this section to a close. We'll go to a break, and then uh, we do have a few bits of feedback to... Uh, to get through. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, we'll do Ho- that. Hopefully, Nick, this was informational for you. And if it's not, we're sorry. But um, we will give you links to places where you might want to go to learn further more of Cthulhu and its uh, origins. Yeah, once we um, once we uh, we post, you know, this week's episode up on the Facebook group, we'll include a bunch of links to, you mm-hmm. know, some of the information that we found. You know, maybe we'll put a link you know maybe there's a youtube video of uh that metallica song mm-hmm. you know maybe there's a youtube clip of that old ghostbusters episode because that would be interesting yeah um but yeah we'll put links up for this because there's there's just so much information and we only have you know a short amount of time so it's hard to cover 90 years worth of stuff <laughs> in an hour so nick i hope that was informative and i hope you enjoy and uh yeah why don't we uh, take our last break This is Bobby Chains, Uncle Polly, and I'm the kid Tim Nice. And be sure to check out our podcast, Unchained, part of the Grand Guignol Network, available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Worcester, Massachusetts, a barren wasteland of dull. But in October, that changes forever. The 14th through the 16th, the Deadites will be in attendance at the Rock and Shock Horror Convention. Come hang out with the Deadites and the stars of Trick or Treat Radio all weekend long. But that's not all. On October 15th at the Cove Music Hall, the Deadites headline an all-star night of dance music and ghoulish getting down. Worcester will never be the same. Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. All right, never gets old. Never gets old. 
I know uh, we should be getting a new song uh, shortly for Nicole. I'm excited. And uh, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to put that in. And uh, no more of this Patrick Rahel's motherfucking mouse. Yeah, that's just you're jealous. That's fine. Jealous. So we have a couple of emails. And a voicemail remaining. Now, the voicemail, I think we're going to save that for last yeah. because that is from uh, Ms. Ashvon Nightmare. And she sent it to us with the explicit instruction of do not listen to this uh, beforehand. Hashtag Team Agent Nicole. Uh, she didn't put the hashtag. Yes, she did. No. I saw the oh email. Oh, my God. You are a liar. Really? And a thief. You want to go there? I will show you the voice. Well, I have the email on my on my device as well. She says, I'm serious, Patrick. Do not listen before recording Saturday. Play for episode 11. Hashtag agent, Team Agent Nicole. Uh, she, you must have gone in and edited it because I didn't remember the hashtag in there. I thought she just wrote Team Agent Nicole. Well, what we do have, and I alluded to this earlier in the show. <sighs> I hate you. Uh, well, I'm reading feedback from our fans and listeners. How can you hate that? I don't hate them. I don't like you. All I'm doing is reading what the, okay, what the guest p- sent in to us. Go ahead. So, and this is from our good friend, uh, Goddess Christina. And she says, hey, Throwdown Thursday, love the podcast and the nerdtastic topics you cover. Since you're doing fan appreciation, and I was privileged enough to have a fabulous encounter with Agent Nicole recently, I thought this would be the perfect time to share my particular area of nerdiness with you. Now, I'm (laughs) warning you right now, this is not suitable for younger children. Uh, This section will be 18+. plus. Uh, That wasn't in the the email, but this is because Christina has a very particular set of skills. Uh, so let's reread what this is. You know, I'd, this would be the perfect time to share my particular area of nerdiness with you: lotions, potions, and things that make motions. That's right, sex toys. I can help you throw down with your special someone on Thursday, Friday, or any other day of the week. Now, Christina, uh, you know, approached us about sponsoring an episode, and I told her I would definitely uh, let her. You know, give her some uh, some airtime today. Especially, look at that look. I'm gonna I smack wish you. You folks could see the look you. on you her got, face. Like, You're an ass. <laughs> you got like this grin on your face, like, "Oh, I'm so excited to like air out Nicole's dirty laundry." This has laundry. nothing to do with you. You read this, didn't you? Whatever, Patrick. Continue on, please. So this is. I can help you throw down with your special someone on Thursday, Friday, or any other day of the week. I am a goddess with Athena's home novelties, and I do home parties featuring spa products and adult novelties. Guests are entertained and empowered by when I flex my sex nerd muscles and play some games to show everyone the great stuff that Athena's offers. The host of the party can earn free products, and I earn cash. Now, my wife has done a couple of these parties, including the one that... You just attended, mm-hmm. and we have quite a few little bits of goodies. Uh, I like to say that my parties are like Vegas. What happens there stays there, so I'll let Agent Nicole decide which details she wants to divulge. None. What stays in <laughs> Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. 
If sassy but classy shenanigans and free sex toys are things you're interested in, you should have a party. It's free to host, and you can choose a spa party featuring only the bath and body hair care and aromatherapy items, which I've done. Uh, it was very comfortable. Like We got like the, these little foot-soaking tubs. Yeah, that's what we had last scrub. Saturday. Oh, it's, it's heaven. Or... An adults-only party where you can see some spa stuff, as well of, as well as lots of things that can liven up your love life. Now, I've been to a few of those as well. And actually, went. I think the last one I went to, uh, I was wearing a coconut bra and a grass skirt. <laughs> <laughs> there were no pictures, Damn thankfully. It. Damn but, it. Uh, I definitely, I, I definitely think I made some folks uncomfortable. Um. But yeah, invite the ladies in your life or make it co-ed. If you'd like to do what I do and become one, a goddess or Adonis, which is what the men are, I'm always looking for awesome people to join my team, and I'd love to answer any questions you have. So I know we have some depraved individuals out there. This is not like a dirty, nasty thing, so I don't want you to think that that's what this is. This is classy. Classy and sassy. Sassy and classy, classy and sassy. That's what this is. This is not, you know... And crazy, like we we don't reenact Caligula at these things, <laughs> okay. or or that weird scene from uh, Event Horizon. So we are going to uh, we're going to post. She's got some of her uh, contact information up here, and we're gonna we're gonna post links to it uh, if you want to contact Christina. And we thank her very much for sponsoring the show this week. Yes, thank you. And. You know, I can say personally that I've used some of the some of these products, not just, you know, the fun stuff, but some of the other stuff like, you know, I just shaved my head again last night and I used some of the specific body shaving cream. Oh and, yeah. Uh that stuff. Do you remember heaven. the name of, of that? Yes, Coochie Cream. Yes, Coochie Cream is the name of the <laughs> shaving cream. Uh but now my head smells like cupcakes because it's uh, frosting scented. So, uh, yeah, that's what we've got. Um, if you mention the podcast, you get 10% off. So this is a limited time offer. Yes. I don't know how limited, but limited. So <clears throat> she says, thank you, Throwdown Thursday crew, for sharing all of your nerdtasticness with your listeners, and thanks for sharing mine, too. So, yeah, if you have any questions, you know, definitely give us a, a, a little uh, contact you know, you guys have multiple ways of reaching out to us, either through the Facebook page or the or the uh, Twitters. You can reach us on the Twitters. And, you know, if you know us in real life, you can talk to us there as well. Yes. Um, we have another uh, another email. This one is uh, Do you want me to read it? more show specific. And this is from one of uh, Agent Nicole's friends. My so, best friend. One of my best friends. Clearly biased. That's all I'm going to say. Clearly biased. Okay. It says, hello, I've been loving the podcast and I think it's awesome that you guys are following listener suggestions and making their ideas a reality. That said, I am 100% team Nicole and I have a question for her. Nicole, would you rather be a dragon or have a dragon as a pet? Keep being awesome, guys, except you, Patrick. You stink. That's pretty messed up. You know, I don't I don't email you and tell you uh, and comment on your personal hygiene, Kelly. 
Um, so I would actually rather have a dragon for a pet. I think it'd be awesome. I want to fly around and take one take one home and well how big are these dragons are you talking like are you talking like daenerys targaryen dragons or are you talking like lockheed from uh excalibur shadow cat's pet i don't know i would definitely take one of the dragons from game of thrones see that's too where are you gonna put them that's <laughs> way too big so what i'd prefer a smaller dragon roughly i would the size have to move that's fine i'll move get to a castle so have you seen the rent on castles I have, a, very I have a fire-breathing dragon. I'll get whatever I freaking want. Yeah, until the army comes and experiments on it. Haven't you seen any movie ever? No. I have not. <sighs> it's messed up. I know. Well, we do have uh, one last voicemail. Uh, do you want to do the voicemail, or do you want to do your Agent Nicole files first? Um, how about we skip the Agent Nicole files for this week, and okay. let's do the voicemail. All right. Sounds good. And this is from my wife, Mrs. Angry Nerd. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite housewife. I just wanted to call in because, like your featured character on your most previous episode, Mr. John Kramer, I'd like to play a game. Well, it's not really much of a game. You'll see. Oh, boy. As some of you may know, Mr. Angry Nerd and yours truly have an anniversary coming up on September 13th. I'd like to change things up a bit from the usual Patsy beatdown and do a little segment I'd like to call Seven Things I Love About Patrick. In honor of our seventh anniversary. (coughs) He buys me wine. He buys me more wine. He smaps my bottom and tells me that I'm pretty, even on days when that's the furthest thing from the truth. When having a conversation with Patrick, he has this way of making you feel like you're the only person in the world at that moment. He's attentive and thoughtful and is truly interested in what you have to say. Patrick is so unbelievably selfless. He'll drop everything and do whatever he can to help out a friend. His friends and family mean the world to him, and nothing makes him happier than seeing them succeed. Patrick is the most patient person I have ever met. Living with someone with a chronic illness isn't easy. But he does it, and he makes it look effortless. When my body decides it doesn't want to keep up with life, Patrick is there taking care of whatever needs to be done with absolutely no complaints. And lastly, it doesn't matter where we are or what we're doing. Whenever he puts his arms around me, I'm home. I may be team Agent Nicole when it comes to the podcasting world, but when it comes to real life, I'm always team Patrick. He is so genuine and just such a wonderful person, and I am so incredibly grateful that he chose to spend the rest of his life shenaniganizing with me. (laughs) I love you. A lot of bunch of zombie love. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm crying over here. <laughs> it's awfully dusty in here. Do you want a tissue? Yeah. What are you? <laughs> Great. Now we've got like dead air on the end of the show. <laughs> uh, 
Now I see why she didn't want us to listen to that voicemail at the beginning. Ugh. That's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, uh, sweetie. I appreciate that uh, more than you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. I have, I have, I have no no rebuttal. I have no comeback to this. Which I think that's, I think that's a perfect way to end the show. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else. There's nothing else I can say or do that's gonna, you know top that that's easily the best voicemail we've ever gotten so yes yeah so it's know. all downhill from here Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> join us next week when we uh pick up our usual routine of patsy beatdowns uh we will be discussing the character guts from the anime and manga des- uh berserk and uh, the, continuing our listener appreciation, yes, I'm going to take this time to recombobulate myself. <laughs> and uh, well, I'll see you next. Thursday. See you next Thursday.